It's another session with the Tri-Tech Games Podcast, starring Bruce, John, Trav, Pixie. So sit back and groove with us cats as we spin another session of the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. Last time on the Tri-Tech Games Podcast, we were talking about the races of Greyhawk. We continue with that discussion. Really? Here I went with Mesoamerican, like Aztec, Incan, Mayan. Uh, you know, <laughs> go ahead and read your Bible. Lots of slavery going on in there back 6,000, 10,000 years ago. You know, they had, you know, the Romans weren't adding a new thing when they showed up. So, and of course, the short and dark, yeah, that, I, that kind of worked with the Mediterranean well, look. Here's what got me. Uh-huh. This is why I, I said Mesoamerican. Many still practice annual human sacrifice to the dimly remembered sky gods, while lesser ceremonies require a simple bloodletting and the offering of animals and plants. That screams Aztec to me. Okay. Offering animals and plants is also very uh, old school, uh, Old Testament Jewish. Yeah. yeah. No. Okay. The thing is, though, I'm also looking on the uh, Grey Wick on the Grey Wiki, and they they have very very Mesoamerican names for their gods. Well, I, I didn't see any of that. Yeah. Just based upon yeah, okay. what I read, Bruce is I acting figured... on the information that he knew. Okay, we right. we have yes. And also, yes. is that you know it's. Uh, and, and, and everything about that, you know, their cultures did not say that they were isolation at all. And I would have actually um, uh, included them all the way over to um, uh, India, but there was another group that's actually a much better choice for that. The Rene. Yes. Okay. They're river dwellers and traders. Some people call them scammers. <laughs> the land dwellers were the uh, Atloi. Yes. Uh, they were gypsies, husky, dark complexions. And uh, and so I put them in northern India and Pakistan because based upon genetic research, that's actually where the gypsies came from. Yes. I just did them as straight, the straight up ro the Roma. But yes, I do know that originally their language, Roma uh, Magyar Romani, I keep forgetting which one's a language. I think it's Romani, Romani. is based on Sanskrit which comes from the Indus Valley, that northern India-Pakistan area. Right. So I well, just made it straight up gypsies. Right. The, the reason they were called gypsies is because the Romans thought they were from Egypt. Gypsies. Ah, gypsies. okay. <laughs> it's kind of a thing, yeah, you know. So that's why they were called gypsies was because the Romans thought they were from Egypt. But they were, in fact, from northern India and Pakistan. So that's why I didn't... Uh, Push the old men all the way over there because I wanted to have a place for the Rene and the Atloy. The, okay. The, so, and that's the list. 
Okay, so, all right. And if you do use this, except for where I did say that some of them were the Plains Indians, you can actually group them all together in a fairly, <coughs> you know, in into a, a one continent kind of thing. I did have an alternate to the uh, Baklanish, uh, uh, where I put to the Plains Indians. Yeah. I said Irish. The Baklanish is the Irish? Wait a minute. Okay, I need to look at this here. I'm looking at other people's opinion, the the uh, basic Arabian, but you know. Yeah, see, that's what I put them as as Arabic or Middle Eastern. That's what I put the Baklunish as. Yeah, uh, Bakl- mean the Baklunish. Yeah, Bak- Bak- Baklunish. It's, it's basic yeah, Baklunish. That's how I. Yeah. Or Baklunish, whatever they. I don't yeah, Baklunish is how I say. Yeah, Baklunish. Yeah. Anyways, because of you know the the fact that. Uh, they were, you know, they were very insular. They lived in the northwestern part of uh, a Flanus. And I was like going, well, that's Ireland. <laughs> and uh, their <laughs> fine hair, the, their long, um, I mean, I have a friend of mine who is pure Irish. He is dark haired, tall, very thin featured. So I figure he, I don't think he was unique. Okay. Um, the, uh, the dependence on horses, you know, I, I just, you know, I know that they didn't, you know, that Ireland itself is not that, you know, compared to Scotland and the rest of the United Kingdom, it's not that mountainous. So, yeah. you know, I just saw them doing it. That was my first choice. Then. But then I later on, as I went through it, I said, yeah, it's more, uh, you know, I saw it more as the Plains Indians. The dependence on horses, I saw that as a, as a, as, as a being more like the buffalo rather than just being a bunch of horse riders like the Mongolians would have been. But, yeah. Okay. Yeah, anyways, it was, uh, and of course, the, uh, and when they talked about it, it, the, um, you know, honor family, generosity, and piety, that's also very Irish. Uh, so, anyways, that's that was my alternate on that first one. But no, okay. I, did not, I did not see them as the Middle East. And remember, one of the main reasons I didn't was because I thought other ones were better choices for that. All right. So, anyways. so we kind of agreed on the Rennie, but other than that, we were just totally off base with the other five. Right. Well, it, you know, it's but if the point is that you can play them, you know, based upon what was what's been written as far as I've been able to find, you can't play them as each of those cultures, uh, each of those people, you know, and um, and and be pretty true to to them. So you know, give your uh, 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 give your flan a Russian accent, you know, and. Uh, um, and and the, the Renee give them the Indian and Pakistani accent and and have them you know worship a thousand gods I don't know uh, but they were also gypsies so they're travelers and they love the water and they travel up and down the water. Well, they even well in in three point five when Wizard still was honoring that that version of the game, they actually made. You're, and, and I know, folks, we're using gypsy as a term to describe the Romani culture. We mean no disrespect. It's force a habit. I will try to say Romani culture to try to... I'll do my best to try to use it. Anyways, they made the race of your typical Romani witch, I guess. It was called the Vetha, V-E-T-H-A. And so, yeah, you could play the woman who threw the quote-unquote gypsy curse on an adventurer it was like a think a five level prestige class so that's also why i went towards straight toward the romani culture 
because that class practically beat you over the head with it. So that that's another reason why with the Rene, I went with the Romani culture because I found that that prestige class on Wizard site when they were still supporting 3.5 and Greyhawk was still a um, supported setting. Yeah, and for my for my my things looking at Iridian, I actually would go on Roman is I would go on Roman because you're general European because it's the way they assimilate people into their into their empire. Well, yeah, that's why I went Mediterranean <laughs> Greek. I put Greek and yeah. basically any one of the northern Mediterranean there, which would have included Italian. Mm-hmm. So Roman yep. would suffice for that. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, you got people. Then of course we have the non the non human people. But you know, he, he, everyone knows them: halflings, gnomes, elves, orcs, dragonborn, tiefling. I think this is where tieflings got introduced. Am I correct? Well, it's funny because one of the major personages in Greyhawk is what's known as a Cambian, and his name is Ayuz the Terrible. And he is half-demon, half-human. Ayuz the Terrible? Ayuz is his name, yes. Okay. It just sounds, sounds like a joke. Ayuz, Ayuz, I don't know. Again, we're just on pronunciations. We look and say, yeah, that looks good. Yeah, he was what is known as a Cambian, mm-hmm. who is half-human, half-demon. Okay. And he... Yeah, I would say that the the concept of what we know in 303.5 and Pathfinder as a tiefling, that probably is where a lot of that came from, was that particular iconic villain. Okay. Yeah. And, and yeah, the stuff I've been looking at is a mixture of all the various versions of Greyhawk. So it's, it's kind of hard to, you know, separate the chaff, you know, from the wheat, so to yeah. speak. Yeah, so I uh, I was looking at we were t- talking about the the world. I was actually on the Gray Wiki. They actually have gray space. What was that? Hmm? Gray space, the space around uh, around Orth. Is it Earth or Orth? Orth, Orth. Uh, it's very interesting, and there are in fact eight celestial bodies you can visit: the Sisters, the Great Sargasso, the Habitat, Dark Stars, Atropus, the Dragon's Tear. The Rock of uh, Brawl and and Sardior, or Sardior, I don't know how you pronounce it, because basically it's the prime material plane, and it's just what's and and ba- the stars are just uh, well lights in the sky, literally, sixteen billion miles across. <laughs> so there is literally a crystal crystal sphere surrounding this this world. Yes. Yes. And outside that is the positive energy plane. So there is no 40 light years. It's basically the system platforms just go to the celestial bodies. So, yeah, the, the, as John said, the system itself, Orth space or gray space, as they called it, it, it's funny because this is the setting, the only setting I've ever heard of that, and I have actually a printout from a spell jammer. Oh. PDF. Orth is the center of the gray space system, both geometrically and sociologically. As the primary, every other celestial body in the system orbits around it, including Liga, the sun. So yes, it is what would be known as an Earth-centric system. Remember, centuries ago, we thought that the sun revolved mm-hmm. around this planet until we were proven wrong. I want to call Ptolemaic 
Ptolemaic. Ptolemaic, the P is silent. Thank you, John. But yeah, um, mm -hmm. geocentric nature of gray space reinforces the very natural sense of superiority displayed by many Orth natives. Historically, all primitive cultures believe that their town, then their country, then eventually their world is the center of the universe. As they become more sophisticated, most cultures learn the fallacy of this view. In the case of Orth, however, reality has actually reinforced their worldview. Orth is the center of the gray space system, and everything else revolves around that world physically and figuratively. Oh my. Again, this is from a Spelljammer PDF when Spelljammer came out, which allowed you to pilot Aether ships with spell cast spell jamming helms and leave one crystal sphere and go to another. Yeah. It's uh, it, this. Okay. Liga. It has a molten. It's a, uh, how big is it? Uh, it's a hundred million miles from, from earth. Um, let's yep. see. It has a molten core of a thousand miles in diameter, uh, surrounded by a photosphere up to 37,000 miles. Uh, the heat is deadly up to 29,000 miles, but there are, uh, there are portals to the elemental plane of water on the surface of the photosphere. So technically, if you can finagle it, you can land on Liga. These lakes remain at cool 65 degrees Fahrenheit until the portals move someplace else in the sun, at which point they boil away. Yep. So, yeah, uh... Yeah, this it, it, this is what this is the only this is the only uh, world where you can where you can land on its sun if you do if you work it out. You could go swimming on the sun. Yeah. <laughs> um, Earth also has two moons, Cool Cool and Rani, R A E N E I. Um, Cool is ten million miles away. Rani is thirty million miles away. Hardly qualified. Everything here is a moon of of Earth, but yeah. <laughs> oh, technically, uh, yeah. Uh, oh no, that. Oh, when I first read this eight years ago, I go, wait a minute. Everything we're, and I thought of the Ptolemaic thing where, oh, we're, we're the center of the universe and everything revolves around us. I'm like, God, Gax took that to a whole new level. Alrighty then, I see what he did there. Um, yeah. Now, earlier we mentioned about. Well, you can bring things like firearms to Greyhawk. It's just you can't make new ones. Now, there are places that you can bring firearms from. Now, the next part of this little mini-series I'm doing will be the Forgotten Realms. Now, there are connections between the Forgotten Realms, the planet Toril, and Orth. Now... In Faerun, they have a gnomish invention called smoke powder, which pretty much is an alchemical mixture which acts like gunpowder. Yep. I would think alchemical smoke powder would work and could be made, excuse me, on Orth. Because oh, yeah. there is plenty of trade between Faerun and Toril, the world in which the Forgotten Realms continent Faerun is on, and the flayness on Orth via spell jamming ships. Now, as I said, these are sailing ships that have these basically stone thrones on them called spell jamming helms. You sit in it, you gain a magical three-dimensional view of the area around you, and you command the ship to move where it goes. You can leave the atmosphere of a world, and once you go to a certain point in the system, you enter this, this substance called the phlogiston, 
and via the phlogiston, you can go to other crystal spheres which hold other systems, one of them being Fairrood. Now, three of the four gaming settings for TSR Wizards that I am going to be doing these series on are all connected via the phlogiston, and that would be what they call, and I actually have a map here, which I found through my years of research. Well, some call it the gray flow. I've seen others call it the radiant triangle. Hmm. Now, you can travel between the three worlds, but it's not so much a triangle. You can go from Kryn to Orth to Faerun and back, but you cannot go from Kryn to, to Toril. You have to go through the Orth crystal sphere. That, that's like the midway point between the two. But via Spelljammer, those three worlds are connected. Therefore, you could bring alchemical smoke powder from Faerun to Orth and use it there. And because it's an alchemical mixture, I really don't think the gods would have a problem with it. So if you did want to use firearms, that could be a hack. Unless you're a GM and saying, well, no, we're not going to allow that either. No, if the, if the gods are messing with the firearms as well, then yeah. yeah. So yes, I can make all the I can make all this smoke smoke powder I want, but the second I try to make a working firearm, the barrel's not quite straight, or the or something else happens and it just you know doesn't function properly or whatever. You know? Okay, all right, all right. Yeah. Oh no, I I have found a couple of maps, and I think a lot of these maps might be like campaign specific. Like, oh yeah, I use this information adapted to my campaign. But yeah, the but mm -hmm. I, what I know from Spelljammer is that the Radiant Triangle, mm -hmm. you know, Kryn to Toril with Greyhawk in the middle, that's pretty much a Spelljamming constant. Heck, I found a map that if you travel far enough in, you you'll find Eberron. But it's like clear at the opposite end of the map, and it's a very long journey. Yeah. But oh yes, the the three realms are connected. Uh, yeah. Let's see the three world, the three cities that allow for spell jamming in the Flanace are Greyhawk, Divers, and Iron Gate. Now Greyhawk and Divers are within maybe 30, 40 miles of each other, so. You could be in that, and, and pretty much Orth natives, they know that the whole thing, yes, sailing ships have helms on them, and they can go up in the air and go to these other worlds. Big deal. So, so basically, I would say technically, all these worlds are in the same universe. Well, uh, the way that they talk about spell jamming, John, is that each of these crystal spheres are different prime material planes. They're just mm -hmm. connected by paths of phlogiston. Yeah, but that's basically within. The, okay, maybe I want. Maybe it's in the same meta universe. How's that? Oh yeah. Well, it's funny. Uh, there was a, somebody did something online, and they called it far space, where, and the fluff text basically read, yeah, there was this young guy leaving his planet for the first time, and the ship had landed in, I think in um. Water deep, and they they went up in the air, and they're like, "Okay, we're leaving now." And you see all the people on the ship concentrating. the The ship is just sailing its own. I mean, the people aren't even manning the rigging, and they're just sort of chanting. Meanwhile, the guy from Fair Rune is looking, going, uh, "We're heading right toward the crystal sphere. You might want to stop." 
and all of a sudden they pass through the crystal sphere like it's nothing. And it's just more stars. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of belief that changed it from the crystal sphere model to this far space model. Okay, Thereby that... making it, no, you are going interstellar travel on a spell jamming crap. So the here's a question. Is, yes. So sorry for interrupting, but here's the question then. Would then would you actually consider realm space and crin space, which is the name I see for them being used in places? Yeah. Technically other stars for the purposes of the stellar port platforms? Yes, yes, yes. They are just oh god, um <laughs> star for fair rune. I want to say it's called Abiratoral. Oh, let's see. I, I got a link here to Crin Space. Um, they call it the sun. <laughs> okay, and Toral, yeah, they just call it the sun. And yeah. I forget what Crin Star is. No, that's Crin Star. They also call it the sun. Okay, well, then they didn't mm-hmm. name the stars for yeah. those two worlds. But yeah, and, and it's funny because a Facebook friend of mine, he did something called Dragon Star Realms. He mm-hmm. basically wrote... And it was generally accepted in the Fantasy Flight Games Dragon Star setting for 3.0 that you could just put your various D&D settings and they are just different systems. Uh, mm-hmm. There is... Somebody actually plotted it out on the Dragon Star Guide to the Galaxy map and made their own like sub-map where within the Dragon Star Dra- uh, Dragon Empire setting where Kryn, Orth, and Toral are. And now that I realize it, there is something I might be able to look at for reference here. Anyways, he made this mini, I said it was Ooh. like a submap. Ooh, there it is. Well, I the, found author's, it. the author's name is Robert Blazard. He's, a, I believe, from Vancouver, so Canadian. And he just wrote up all this stuff, this whole Dragon Star Realms, like, saga. And it was... It, Beautiful reading. Uh, let's see. Spelljammer. Yes, the Aegis region. Okay, let me bring it up. I don't know if I'd be able to show it with sh- uh, share it with you, John, but because it has it, it has the actual stars for all three systems. Yes, bingo. Here we go. The star for Kryn is known as Sirion. S i r i n. The star mm-hmm. for Toro is Amon Amonator. A that M-A-U-N-A-T-O-R. And then Liga is fourth star. Okay. And uh, even here, they have it in a triangle pattern, how the three stars are set out. And it's on the very edge of the left side of the map. If you have the old Dragon Star setting, it would be clear on the left side of the map in the Guide to the Galaxy book, which is kind of like the DMG for the Dragon Star setting. Okay. Now, Greyhawk and Divers, yes. I've already mentioned those two cities. Now, the third one, Iron Gate, as they call it. Have this here. The third most important spell jamming port is Iron Gate. Unlike the other two cities, it has no facilities for water landing vehicles. Ground landing vessels usually put down on the great roads that lead into the city from the west and east. In the other ports, visitors can build shipbuilders and chandlers capable of repairing minor damage to their crafts. Being landlocked, Iron Gate has no such artisans, so spacefarers are on their own to making repairs. So yeah, Iron Gate, I believe it's in the south, I want to say in the Solnor Compact. Uh, Cannon Fire is, as you know, Greyhawk is a retired setting. 
Wizards no longer uses it. It has mm -hmm. been kept going on, and it's Canon Fire as in C-A-N-O-N, Fire. One mm -hmm. of the moderators for this site was Eric Mona, who now works for Paizo. So it is a fan-ran site. Mm. And I just looked up, and yeah, I'm not seeing anything for um, oh, Iron Gate. I found it on Grayspace. Okay. And that uh, Gray Wiki. Gray Wiki has it. Iron Gate, properly known as the Free City of Iron Gate, is surrounded by concentric stone walls and dominated by its great towers, especially the Sidereal Citadel, the Tower of Darren, and the southeastern Siren Keep. Beneath is a vast undercity, twice as deep as the towers are high, made up of dozens of sublevels connected by endless stone stairs and passageways. Oh, Edinburgh. Okay. Uh, that's a joke, because Edinburgh, the, 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 there's this one road that basically was built over another road. And they made a great big chamber underneath. And yeah, it was another city. Okay, underneath. Where is Iron Gate at again? <sighs> Old Airdy East, former Great Kingdom. Hmm. Oh, I'm trying to see here where uh, it's near Anwal and Sudney and Nyron. Oh, Nyron! I know what Nyron is. There's not there. Where I saw Nyron. Uh, there's Nyron. Ah, there we go. They're they're near Nyron. Iron. Who, there we go. Who would now? Who are their friends again? Onwal, Sun, Sundi, and Nyron. Ah. So. Iron Gate. Okay, it's on a. Okay, it's on a little isthmus between the headlands and the Iron Hills. Ah. Yeah. Uh, Dunhead Bay. Dunhead. Okay. okay. There's a lot of sea access. I don't, I don't know why they're saying it's landlocked. It's on an isthmus. You know, like how Panama is, that very thin stretch of land? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dunhead Bay to the north and the Asia Sea to the south. I don't consider that a landlocked city. A landlocked city for me would be something like, you know, like, oh, let's see, a good example of a landlocked city. Was it over here? There's blue? Maybe I'm looking, oh, that's the orcs. Uh, between the, uh, which was, again, the uh, Relmore Bay or... Yeah, Dunhead Bay, which is just south of Moore Bay. There we go. I found it. Yes, Samarin yeah. Bay. There we go. Yep, fortified city right on the uh, mouth of, of the Conbilar River, I believe. Yeah, I'm yeah. a magnifying glass. Where go? <laughs> yeah, and I'm using an interactive. So there's two major cities: Iron Gate and North. Oh wow, North Andor. Oh well, well they they could build a canal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's two rivers. There's only just a pesky mountain in the way. Hey, yeah, just those a couple darn mountains. How do they? How dare they just spread up and yeah? Yeah, yeah, and block things. But yeah, it's yeah. There's only really two cities, and looks like, and those are major roads. Yeah, just two but cities. Those, yeah, but those three cities, Greyhawk, Divers, and Iron Gate, are the three major spell jamming ports that allow people mm -hmm. from other realms such as Kryn, which I believe the biggest spell jamming port there is Palanthus, which is in the north of the continent of Ancelon. 
And in Toro, you have Waterdeep, Kalimport, and a bunch of cities in Karatur, which is the Asian-based setting, basically on the opposite side of the planet from Faerun. But Waterdeep, which would pretty much be like... Because if you don't see that Faerun is, sh is fashioned a lot after Europe, Waterdeep would be considered like London. Just the major yeah. metropolis. Everything comes and goes from there. And Waterdeep just, it, it is a massive spell jamming port. So if you're getting trade from the Forgotten Realms, from Faerun, Toral, most of it's going to be coming from Waterdeep. Yeah, and from the looks of it, there's one, two, there's one minor trade route to Kursand, and then one, two, three, uh, there's one, another one to Poletz, and then there's a major one. This is screwed over here. To Longbridge, and then on to Scant, and then yeah, basically it's a it's a trading hub. Yeah, they go as far down as Nary City. So yeah, it's a major trading hub, and if they got stuff flying in, hey, that's great too. So yeah, I'm it's just funny the living the living Greyhawk Gazetteer. They mention Hieronymus, but nothing about Merlin. It's like because he's a demigod, he didn't he didn't rate to be in here. But Ironius would be Merlin's yeah. patron, yeah. I guess would yeah. be the best way to say it. Yeah. I'm just curious why Nessermouth was never made a, ma a major landing port, because it's a major trade city from the looks of it. Hmm. <laughs> I guess they didn't grease the right palms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Greyhawk and Divers being just, because Greyhawk has a massive university. So you would figure that they would know about planar theory and realize, wait a minute, there are other worlds like ours out there. And here they, you know, and all of a sudden here they come on these spell jamming ships. No, there's something, a lot of the gods in this, and the gods are pretty prevalent. Ayus is considered a deity. There are evil mm -hmm. beings that worship Ayus. He's a, basically a god on earth, so to speak. My one friend... My artist buddy, Dean Stahl, there is the Suell God Cord. He's mm -hmm. chaotic good, an intermediate god of athletics, sport, brawling, strength, and courage. It was funny. Dean just said, Cord is like a professional wrestler. <laughs> I'm going to lay the smack down on Ayas. You know, and didn't just, you know, yeah. do the type of wrestling pre-show chat. You know? <laughs> but yeah, mm -hmm. a lot of the, as I said, the reason why I wanted to do these settings, especially Greyhawk, because in D&D, &D, it is iconic. Mm -hmm. All of the spells, all of those spellcasters that made those spells are from the Greyhawk setting. So when all the Bigby's hand spells, mm -hmm. and, I, and I will even, there are some that were made jokingly in Dragon Magazine, and I will say jack-slapping hand instead of the term that they put in there because we have mm -hmm. two listening. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. But there was a there was a uh, player character. Basically, most everything you see in the DM in the older DMG is you know stuff that came from campaigns. Yes, every one of those items from you know uh, 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 was it Mac Venknar Venknar attached to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Eye and Hand Vecna was another demigod. He rose to godhood. Mm -hmm. due to the history in the history of the Greyhawk setting. Yes. Yeah, and we've I mean, had 
thousands of people trying to gouge out their eyes and cut off their hands to gain their power. And mm-hmm. people are doing stuff like cutting off the wrong hand. You know, just, I mean, <laughs> players making mistakes like that, or they're gouging out the wrong eye, or when they do, the GM says, okay, hand over your character, you're done. You know, yeah, because yeah. you've just become neutral evil. Yeah. yeah. You know, you keep forgetting that these are phylacteries. Wait, excuse yeah. me, eye and hand? Well, that's true. Well, you don't become Vecna, you just turn neutral evil. Yeah, but, you know, I, I would mention that Vecna's got, it's much like a certain he should not be named from a certain, uh, uh, you know, um, um, uh, uh, British uh, young mage with a lightning bolt scar. Okay. Uh, it, yeah, my yeah. campaign, you became Vecna. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. All yeah. right, yeah. And, you got, and all your spells were the spells that were in the were were in the hand and the eye and such. Yeah. So you knew all those spells. Yeah, I had players saying, "So it's just a hand and an eye. Anything else?" And I'm saying, "No." Yeah, I, I think <laughs> body parts of Vecna, which I'd be like, oh, "I'm not cutting that off." No, sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's quite possible that that, that the reason why they're powerful is because they are phylacteries. They're ba- you know, they contain a bit of Vecna. Well, if you have all that, why not a little bit of tongue of Vecna? I wasn't thinking of tongue. I, I yeah. feel. <laughs> hey, look, we have other parts of this. This. Um, so so Trav, so I you know. We drive out and we're over by um, between d- divers and Greyhawk. Yeah. What's there? What's there that to entice us to stay, and not go? Oh Lord, it's another one of these magic worlds. Um, yeah, especially, say- it's a low tech magic world. Yeah, <laughs> and it's so. And it, let's be honest, it's so. There's so much information and detail. It'll, it'll probably take weeks to figure out. Okay, this must be Greyhawk. I think. <laughs> well, yeah. See, that's the thing. You would let's see. The, well, I will read the the text for the gnarly forest, which where I put that portal, which is in between divers and Greyhawk. Portions of the gnarly forest are claimed by Celine, divers, Verbabonk, and Greyhawk. The forest is home to thousands of woodsmen, sylvan elves, and gnomes. An enclave of, of ogres, gnolls, and orcs, Blackthorn, is hidden within. And roving orcs from the Pomarge annually attempt to use the forest's cover for a massive flanking maneuver against Narwhal and Safeton. The Furyandian Green Jerkins are 40-odd rangers that patrol the northern gnarly from a small river port, Stalmare, at the confluence of the Art and Velferdiva rivers. Also, over 200 gnarly rangers patrol the entire forest, protecting it from harm. The forest folk and their druidic allies are wary of intrusions by Greyhawk soldiers and settlers, excuse me, fearing the whole forest may be cut down for t- farmland and timber. So at the very mm-hmm. least, you come out near that forest and you're going to be attracting the attention. If you just appear there... You're going to be attracting attention of either those woodsmen, the gnarly rangers. You might run into a Pomarge raiding party, um, maybe a druidic sect that's hiding out there, the Blackthorn, you know, those those non-human humanoid like the orcs, gnolls, and goblins. You might run into them. Huh. And if they see you with some sort of firearm, they might actually think you, that you're followers of Merlin. Yes. Yeah, Merlin. Yeah, see, that's the thing. If they see you packing, packing heat, you well, you're, this world, there's you're, a good chance. There's a good chance that you're going to be you know, thought of as one of his paladins. Yeah, which 
in this world, that might carry some heat. If they're realizing, oh, crap, he's a paladin of Merlin, that might work in your favor. Again, that's rolling that bluff roll going, uh, yeah, yeah, I am. And you might want to back off before I, you know, fill you full of hot lead. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Of course, you know, the players may mishear it as Merlin instead of Merland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that that was just a coincidence that Don Kane named it that. I think he was... You think? Yeah, Don <laughs> Yeah. Uh, oh, for those of you, how it's, it's spelled M U R L Y N D. Yeah. Merlin. Merlin. Yeah. I always said Merlund. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you got to say it with a proper accent. It's Merlin. Merlin. That's right. <laughs> um, anyways, the. But as I said, the things that would. I mean, there are. There's opportunities for trade. There's opportunities to make this. I mean, this is, I put it at negative 70 prime. Yeah. It's out there. I'd be saying that would be reached, barring intervention, like with a fringe train or whatever. It would be reached somewhere in the late part of the middle campaign. Mm -hmm. You're going to want supply stops. You're going to want places where you can rest and recover in a relatively safe place. Greyhawk and divers are at the very least learned enough to know about extra planar travel. If you, yeah, there's a portal outside of town. Oh, okay, so you come from another dimension. All right, and once because you're going to be speaking oh. language anyways, and let let me get to the they, free they, might, they, they probably wouldn't use dimension. They probably use plane of existence. Plane, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, because. Well, common would be the language, and let me go back to the language page, because there is... We all know common is English. Well, in here it is a combination of ancient Baklunish and the dialect of Old Iridian spoken in the Great Kingdom, and it, it's, a, it's a pigeon tongue. It was a traitor's tongue. Yeah. Now, if you want to say it is a pigeon of, because Bruce and I disagreed on these... Whatever two cultures you consider the Baklunish and the Oridian to be, fine. You would be speaking, and of course, you, you're you're hearing them in, in English anyway. So, and they're hearing you in the common. So, the reason why I say it's going to sound like English because I'm looking at all the name of these places. Greyhawk. Yeah, they, they could have. Yeah, you, near yeah, Marsh. Yeah, it's English, especially yeah. when you have places like Glasit Glatel, which is very definitely German. I'm looking at the at the uh, interactive map. It's just north of Greyhawk. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you got places that have names that are very much English. You know, it's oh, so you're you speak English. Wonderful, oh, and you have lovely pointed ears. Uh, <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, as I said, there's. I mean, if we could, pick, if, if depending on the on the portal that you pick, mm -hmm. it would be a good place to rest. Now, places like Crow Turlip, where the Scarlet Brotherhood are in the Valley of the Mage, yeah, kind of mm -hmm. taking chances, you know. Yeah, and, and as you and, you know, the second you hear, well, actually, landing okay, coming out near between Divers and Greyhawk, uh, if there's any gaming nerds in your team and you hear the word Greyhawk, bingo. <laughs> They're gonna go. Where? 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 Yeah. See, that's the thing. It's gonna be again. You know, the 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 gamer geeks in your group are just gonna be like, "We're here," and they'll point 
because I have the portal basically facing north. So they're gonna we're going to the city on the right. How do you know? Shut up and follow me. Trust me. There's there's a road over this way. If you head yeah. north about a half a mile, you'll hear a road. And how and, do you and know? And, and also they'll go. And whatever you do, don't go to the castle ruins over there. For the love of all that is holy, do not go to those castle ruins. What the castle Greyhawk? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, at least it's not the place. It's not the place. Uh, it's not the other place where you got you got to work to kill yourself. You know. <laughs> and what place would that be? Oh, you know, Tomb of Horrors. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh no, I've got I've got the two books: Expedition to the Demon Web Pits, and what was the other one? Expedition to the Ruins of Greyhawk, which were kind of like. 3.0, 3.5 massive collections of those old modules. Mm. And oh no, that Castle Greyhawk, oh, that was, what is it? Zagig Grygern was the name of the wizard that made Castle Grey. And it was Gary Guy, E. Gary Gygax, basically. It was a, uh, like a mess up of his name. And just, I'm looking at this and I'm going, this guy was a jerk, man. He made. <laughs> well, it's kind of considered to be a joke module. Yeah, I know, but still, you're just looking. And they tried cleaning it up to make it, you know, not so tongue in cheek in this expedition to the ruins of Greyhawk. I'm going, and I, and I will, I will clean it up for the younger listener. Wow, this guy's a real anal orifice. Just wow. <laughs> I'm just reading through this, going, phallic move, phallic move, phallic move. Just oh, you are mean. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. The, but still, I would think the main reason, even if, let's say you don't have a geek in the group that, you know, mm -hmm. has a, a geek-gasm, as it were, it still would be a good place to stop off because, you know, it's a quiet pastoral setting. You can kick back. You can relax. You get some fresh food. Kill some game, maybe. You know. Yeah, up until you see your first hobbit, and or, I mean, halfling, halfling, or, you know, half-orc. Yeah. Yeah, or half orc or elves. As soon as you start seeing elves, start, I, can't, I can't remember. Are, are elves in Greyhawk Toklin elves or are they more traditional elves? I.e., are they tall or are they short? Uh, they're tall. Okay, they're Toklin elves. Okay. Well, yeah, and and the thing <laughs> is, they have let's see, high elves, gray elves, mm -hmm. wood elves, which are known as the Grugach. Those are the very darn near feral ones the ones that mm -hmm. because the high and the gray elves are the ones that live in cities or the high elves are the ones that are in their elven enclaves and they're very stoic the grugach are the ones that are out there in the forest dressing in brown their faces are dirty they're unkempt i mean they're not feral but i mean they're very much in contact with nature they are yeah. occasionally called wild elves and and of course everyone's favorite elves the Dark Elves, the Drow. Not my favorites. Not my favorites. Overpowered. You know, always a problem. To be continued. This podcast is protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and make all attributions to the TriTech Games Podcast. The views, information, concepts, or opinions expressed during the TriTech Games Podcast series are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of TriTech Talents LLC or make claims to its intellectual properties as well as any other properties mentioned in this podcast.